As mothers, we really run that risk because we're so busy paying our bills, managing our homes, taking care of our children, and then the day flies by, and then the next day, and the next day, and the next. And that's why I think we are even more prone to burning out because it is so hard to carve out time to even have breathing room for our own emotions and feelings. Hey, I'm Mia Hemstad. I'm a wife, I'm a mom of two kids, and I'm a trauma-informed self-care coach. I also live with diagnosed PTSD and depression. I started sharing my mental wellness journey online in 2017 when I was diagnosed with postpartum depression and anxiety. And since then, I've heard from hundreds of women who all struggle with the same thing, putting ourselves last. This is a struggle that's keeping so many women burned out and unhappy, through no fault of our own, by the way. I've been working on my own healing as an abuse survivor since 2013. But when I became a mom, I really started to do the inner work of figuring out why I was putting myself last and how to start prioritizing myself for the first time in my life. This podcast is about sharing all of those lessons with you. So if you're interested in hearing honest stories, life advice, and inspiration that encourages you to make your health, happiness, and well-being a priority, then definitely stick around. Welcome to your No Longer Last journey. Hey everybody, I am so excited to be back with you today. How are you doing? I know for me, it has been a uh, intense year. It has been a really intense year. Um, for any of you who've been listening to the podcast since the beginning, you probably could tell by my uploading schedule, it's just all over the place. And I think I'm just really in this process of trying to figure out a way to show up for this community and keep building the No Longer Last community because it brings me so much joy, but also to make sure that I'm meeting my other needs. And I've been having a really hard time with sleep. Like I, in March, I was doing better. And then April and May, things plummeted and then things got better in June and then they plummeted. And I've really been on this roller coaster with my nightmares and with feeling extremely exhausted. And um, although it may not look like it, content creation is actually, it's a huge labor of love, but it is uh, heavy on the labor part. <laughs> and, um, and it's been challenging. It's been challenging to find the capacity to do, um, to do what I love. And for anyone out there who is an artist, who is a creative, who has something to say, who has a voice, you know how painful and depressing it can be when you have so much to say, but not enough energy to say it. So if you have been in a similar situation where you feel like your chronic illnesses and your mental health conditions have been preventing you from doing the things that you love, I want to just say I give you a massive hug right now because it is a special kind of pain that only creatives understand. That being said, um, slowly but surely, I have just been finding a new groove and a new groove and a new groove. And I feel like the groove is always changing, but I am in complete acceptance now of the fact that I can't predict the way that my sleep is going to be. I can't predict how hard it's going to hit me when I have a nightmare all night. I can't predict when it's going to happen. I can't predict how long my PTSD is going to be this severe all I know is that I'm doing the best that I can, and I am grateful to every single one of you who continues to ride this wave with me. So yeah, I just want to open up the podcast saying that. 
But let's zoom out for a bit. Today, it is a gorgeous day in Portugal. The sky is so blue and so clear, and I hope it's beautiful where you are. We just got out of a massive heat wave, and I just feel for anyone who's been going through heat waves as well or, you know, unexpected storms. And I just hope everybody is feeling as good as they can and taking care of themselves as good as they can um, because times are crazy. <laughs> times are crazy right now. So yeah, give yourself some credit for doing whatever you can, however small that might look to the outside world. If you choose to take care of yourself, even though things are literally burning down, um, kudos to you, kudos to us. So let's go ahead and dive into today's episode. I'm excited about it because I think the topic of burnout is always going to be relevant. There's just an ever increasing demand on us as people, as women, and especially as mothers, for what we need to do in a day, in our careers, in our parenting, in our marriages, in our partnerships, and it just feels like the demands never end. And so I think it's really important that we are always kind of making sure that we're mindful of burnout and making sure that we know and have a toolbox ready and at hand to help us prevent it, to walk back from the cliff, or if we find ourselves already in it and we think it's too late, that we know how to climb ourselves out. And that's really what this podcast episode is about. This podcast episode is for anyone who's been in burnout before and wants to have more tools under their belt to help them not go into it again. <laughs> and this episode is also for those of you who are in burnout right now, and maybe you feel completely overwhelmed and crushed by it, and you have no idea where to even begin when it comes to trying to get out of burnout. So we're going to be talking about that today and have an exciting tool to share with you that I've been using since 2019, so four years now, and it has never led me astray. And I still use it to this day and I still teach it about it in my monthly coaching calls. So I'm excited to share it with you today in the podcast and hopefully you can walk away with it and implement it in your life. It's very easy, very doable, very memorable. And you'll kind of find with me, I use a lot of like rhyming acronyms, alliteration. I just love making things easy to remember because we already have enough mental load from our lives that I want to make this, I want to make taking care of yourself as easy as possible. But before we dive in, I know I keep, there's a lot of prefaces. Thank you guys for being patient. It's just, it's been so long since I've talked to you all that there's a lot to catch up on. So I'm so excited that I found a way to show up again for this podcast, even though I'm in the luteal phase of my cycle right now, I'm feeling pretty tired, but I found a way to like honor and accept the tired and support myself through it. So I'm so proud of myself. But I wanted to give you a heads up that this episode is the first of five episodes that are in a series that's basically a masterclass where you're going to learn pretty much all of the tools that I use to take care of myself, that I've used to basically build my life up from being a complete and utter martyr mom who put herself last all the time, thought it was my duty put myself last, was burnt out, resentful, exhausted, unhappy, depressed, suicidal. And while it may not be sunshine and roses over here, you know, I still have PTSD. I'm still unpacking all of the childhood trauma I, I went through. You know, I live in Europe now. I have my dream job. I work at a nonprofit advocating for maternal mental health policies at the national level in the United States. And I have feel like I'm in acceptance of my motherhood and, you know, I'm working on my partnership, my marriage with my husband. Um, I really would love to do another podcast episode after this, but this series, um, stay tuned and make sure you're also on my email list because there's some goodies that come with each one, including downloadable phone backgrounds that have 
affirmations that tie into each episode. So I've put a lot of work into this and I think it's going to really help you to remember the lessons from each episode, apply them in your life and um, really spend the next five weeks helping yourself, helping yourself to feel as nourished and replenished as possible. Because I find that in the last quarter of the year, a lot of us moms <laughs> with back to school and then Halloween and then Thanksgiving and then Christmas and then New Year's and then end of year work responsibilities ramping up. Cause I don't know about y'all, but we have like event after event at my job. This is like what I like to call like the rapid decline. <laughs> like most years, like, you know, I'm good at not going straight into burnout anymore, but I get close. And I say that without shame or guilt. I, I mean, I'm a self-care coach and I would say that because it acknowledges the fact that burnout is caused by not your just your personal lack of uh, doing this or that. OK, like I am the first to tell you that most of our burnout is almost all of it is due to things outside of our control. You know, society telling us what we should and shouldn't do, people making us feel guilty about self-care, you know, partners not carrying the mental and physical load of managing a home and domestic labor, you know, being the go-to parent. It's, it's just, there's a lot of things that contribute to our burnout. So when I'm teaching you tools to help you prevent burnout, it's not because I'm saying that if you just do these things, you will never get close to burnout. I get close to burnout quite regularly. And a lot of it's due to my PTSD. And I don't fault myself for that. It's not my fault why I have PTSD. So these tools are a way to resist and push back and fight back against all of this crap that we all as women and as moms have to deal with. So know that the next five episodes as I'm giving you these tools and I'm talking about burnout and self-care that it's coming from a place, what I like to call an anti-oppression, an anti-oppression lens of burnout where self-care is a form of self-advocacy. It's a form of self-protection. It's a form of self-love. It's not this frivolous thing that we should do so that we can post something cute to our Instagram and, you know, be a part of the mainstream. Like that's not my version of self-care. So with all that being said, I'm really excited to talk about this tool that I like to call the weekly wellness check-in. And the weekly wellness check-in has evolved significantly. It used to be called, I used to call it health gratitude goals. And it actually came from a very dark place. <laughs> Um, it was back in 2019. My daughter had just turned one. My son had just turned three. I was deep in caregiving for my brother who has a serious autoimmune disease. And he also has pretty, um, I don't like the word severe autism, but he's on the, the level of the spectrum where it, you have to really know how to take care of him. It's very challenging. And, you know, I have to, I had to accompany him the way that I would my own child. So I basically had three children in the house who I was responsible for. And, you know, I definitely was still experiencing, you know, residual postpartum depression and anxiety. I had undiagnosed PTSD at the time. And I was experiencing physical symptoms of my PTSD, like nerve pain, overwhelm and shortness of breath. And like, struggling with driving and like my physical symptoms were so severe but I didn't have a name for them and they started to become very debilitating and at one point I actually stopped breathing through my nose not by choice but my nose the tissue in my nose uh the way the doctor put it was like it's like you have a balloon in each nostril it was so inflamed and nobody I went to so many specialists nobody could diagnose me 
But now, ever since I moved to Portugal and have been able to regulate my nervous system, I'm able to breathe through my nose. And it is absolutely divine. And I know without a shadow of a doubt that my nose, not being able to breathe through my nose for like, I think it was, it was a very long time. I mean, it, it came and it went, it went, it, what was the word? It was not constant, but there was like a good four months where it was there the whole time. And it made it very difficult to sleep, very difficult. I would get winded. I, I was struggling to take my kids to the playground. I just overall felt like a horrible mom. And I felt like there was no one to turn to with this. Like no one understood what I was going through. Again, my PTSD was undiagnosed, but the symptoms were becoming debilitating. And I remember it was just really, it was a really sad time. And I started to have intrusive suicidal thoughts, like imagining myself, you know, ending my life. And those thoughts came once a week and then they came once a day and then they came multiple times a day. And it was becoming really scary and I didn't know what to do. And eventually I went to a therapist. I was religious at the time. So I went to a therapist who shared the religion I had thinking that that was somehow safer or whatever. And this therapist asked me if I had a written plan for my uh, suicidal ideation. She was like, where do you have a written plan somewhere of how you're going to end your life? And I said, no, it's not written, but I have these thoughts every day and it scares me and it overwhelms me. I don't want to leave my children behind. Um, and she, she just said that it's attention seeking behavior and that because it's not written, it's not real. And I just can't even tell you how much that just knocked the wind out of me. You know, I overcame my fear of seeking professional help and went and got it. And she told me that I was making it all up to get attention. And I can't even tell you also how triggering that was because my abusers, uh, who gave me PTSD in the first place also would, would accuse me of seeking attention. And it's just like, there, it was very triggering to hear that from a specialist, but anyway, I digress. So I just want you to understand like where I was and like where this framework came from, because I definitely am not frolicking down, you know, a meadow. And I just imagine these ideas, a lot of the tools that and frameworks that I've created have come from a place of deep need and deep suffering, unfortunately. But I think that's also what makes them so impactful and so powerful because they truly did create change in my life and help me climb out of some really dark places. So essentially what happened was I, uh, after a couple of years after that horrible incident where I was told that my suicidal ideation wasn't real, I decided to go again and search, not, not for a therapist time, but I actually went and tried to search for a psychiatrist. And I went and saw a psychiatrist and I was formally diagnosed with PTSD and major depressive disorder. And I was put on medication for the first time. And after about two weeks of being on medication, I felt massively better. I felt a huge relief and I didn't feel cured or anything like that, but I just felt like my symptoms weren't as debilitating. And I felt like I wasn't floating in another dimension from everyone else around me. Um, and that helped me to have a little bit more clarity of thought. And it was from that place that I was finally able to go, I don't want to live like this anymore. I don't want to fall into that dark hole. I want to live my life. I want to see my kids grow. I want to be here for the moments. And I just don't want to put up with this anymore. And so I decided to start to make self-awareness a core part of my healing journey, a core part of trying to make sure that I never get so disconnected and detached from myself to the point where 
I'm in a complete and utter dark hole. And it's like almost too late to climb myself out of it. Does that make sense? It's like, I wanted to have a way of regularly touching base with how I'm feeling so that I don't wake up one day and go, oh my gosh, I'm suicidal and I don't know how to get out. And journaling was that way for me. And I know for some people, journaling can feel a little overwhelming. And I've talked to some people about it. And they're like, when I look at the blank page, me, I just feel so overwhelmed. I know that journaling is good for me. And, you know, I don't have all the data off the top of my head, but there's so many studies that show that it reduces anxiety and can improve symptoms of depression and, and a whole bunch of things. But um, you know, I'm somebody that I'm not scared of the blank page. I, I, I love the blank page, but um, that's why this journaling structure can be so good because sometimes the blank page, you end up kind of going on many tangents and you never get to the core of why you sat down to journal in the first place. And that's how this framework was born. So health gratitude goals was me first writing about my health. I would ask myself, how are you doing emotionally? How are you doing mentally? And how are you doing physically? Those are the three questions that I want you to remember. If you remember nothing else from today's podcast episode, that is what I want you to remember. Um, So that covered the health. And then gratitude was three things I'm grateful for. And I always try to prioritize that because we know from many scientific studies that gratitude, reflecting on gratitude, writing or gratitude can boost your happiness levels and just overall positive mood. And I could, I definitely needed that at the time. And, and then my goals was identifying just one thing that I was going to do that week or that month to address, not just like a random goal, like oh, I have a goal to move to Europe, you know, like that's big, that's massive. Um, but at the time that was the language I used, it was goal, but the goal was really like a task. What task did I need to do that would directly address what I wrote down in the health section? And I think that's a big deal because it's not just some random goal that you've been thinking of, but it's actually you reaching back out to yourself like a friend almost and being like, Hey, you just shared that you're, you're, um, you're feeling sad that you don't really move your body anymore. You miss dance and dance used to be really important to you. And, and, and in that journaling of my emotions around that, I realized that I'm scared that we can't afford it and that we'll never be able to afford dance. And so my goal for that week was to actually research studios in my area and see how much dance classes cost. And if they even occurred at a time where I would have my husband home so that I didn't have to hire childcare. That was the task. The task wasn't to go to a dance class. The task wasn't to uh, work on my budget, which scared the crap out of me at the time. The task wasn't anything big or scary. It was just, let's just look it up. Let's just see what's out there. And that led to me ultimately finding a studio that was only 10 minutes down the street, that was perfectly within budget, and that had a dance class after my kids went to bed from 8.30 to 9.30. And I ended up going to that class weekly toward the tail end of the pandemic. And it just ignited so much joy in me again to go back to dance. So, and that all came from health gratitude goals, which I now call the weekly wellness check-in. And that, those three questions, how are you doing mentally? How are you doing emotionally? How are you doing physically? Those three questions are just part of the weekly wellness check-in. There are different 
components to the weekly wellness check-in that all work together and they integrate together so beautifully and seamlessly. And I'm going to be teaching you the other pieces to the weekly wellness check-in over the next five episodes. So definitely come back for next week where I'm going to be unpacking the 4B self-care framework. But yeah, so I know that sounds, you know, deceptively simple, but truly I would show up to my, I literally would use printer paper and a number two pencil because I didn't even have a journal. And I would just, it was like 8 a.m. on Monday morning when my husband would leave for work and the kids were fed. And, you know, I was sat down with my coffee and finally had a moment to myself when my kids watched like Little Baby Bum or something. And I would just divide that one sheet of printer paper into three sections. And the top was health, the middle was gratitude, and the bottom was goals. And I would it would just be one goal. And that's another thing. People think like they need an hour to journal. But my my um, when I would reflect on my health holistically, you know, mind, emotions, and body, it would be like three sentences per section because that's all the time I had. And that's another thing I want to point out. Please don't let perfectionism keep you from using a tool that could literally save your life and change your life. And this is coming from somebody who still battles with perfectionism. And when I say that, I mean it like debilitating perfectionism. I used to have perfectionism so bad that it immobilized me. Um, so I understand. And we have to make sure that we are fighting that fight because Life on the other side of debilitating perfectionism is for the living. It is good. It is awesome. It is amazing when you can get on the other side of that. But I always say I'm a recovering perfectionist because that battle has to be fought on a regular basis. I do not feel like I'm done fighting that fight. Maybe when I'm in my 60s, I'll be like a chic, hot, sexy old woman. But I hope I get to my old age and I hope that I feel sexy and I hope that I'm not battling perfectionism still. Um, but yeah, so those are the three questions. That's the weekly wellness check-in. I would say it's like part one of the weekly wellness check-in. I'm going to be sharing those, those prompts in the newsletter where this podcast will also be sent. So if you want to have like an email or something physical that you can, or digital that you can save, um, look out for that email. Well, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I'm going to share a story from one of my clients who, used to practice self-care a certain way and what the weekly wellness check-in did for her and how it changed and shifted her self-care. I think it's a really cool story and it might help jog your own memory or your own reflections on how you can approach nourishing yourself in a way that actually fills you up. So I'll see you after the break. Hey everybody, I have a super exciting announcement. My program, No Longer Last The Journey, is reopening with special bonuses on October 1st, which is a Sunday. I am pumped about this because this is my signature program that is structured over a 12 month long period. It is definitely a journey. We focus on one thing per month. The reason why I think it's so impactful and helpful to my clients is because everything that I teach in the classes, the reflection guides, the way that I coach, it's all rooted in an approach that acknowledges that we're moms, most of us have mental health conditions. Most of us are survivors of abuse. Most of us have limited resources or limited capacity or maybe chronic health conditions. I have all of those things. And so the way that I teach and the way that I've developed my 12 classes are rooted in that understanding. So you're not going to get a tip or advice or a strategy from me that it really is designed for 
a male who has someone at home doing all the domestic labor, <laughs> you're going to get some real helpful advice that's grounded in reality and grounded in the lived experience of somebody who has children and who has mental health conditions. So I think that's what makes my coaching program unique and actually creates change and fosters change and growth in people's lives. So if you want to learn more about it, there's a link in the show notes, but I want to make sure that you know about the bonuses because every time I relaunch or reopen the program, I change up the bonuses. Um, the ones that I'm offering right now this time around is a one-on-one -on -one coaching session with me, which is the value of $75 and you will get free access to a new product I'm developing, which is the weekly wellness check-in guided journal. And this guided journal is going to be the entire weekly wellness check-in, all five components. And this is a brand new digital product that I'm creating that will be $40 once it's launched and you will get access to it completely for free. So those are the two bonuses that will expire on October 6th when the doors close to my program. So if you are interested in learning more about the No Longer Last journey, go to miahemstad.com forward slash no longer last. And if you go through the webpage and you're still unsure or you have questions about your personal situation, please know that I would love to hear them and I'm here to answer your questions. So you can either email me at mia at miahemstad.com, which is in the show notes, or you can actually have a straight up call with me. I'm gonna be opening up my calendar to take calls that are 20 minutes long. Um, for free. You can chat with me for free for 20 minutes. Ask me your questions. I promise I'm not salesy. I'm not pushy. I only want people in this program who feel like it's the right time and they're ready to receive some additional support and really develop a healthier relationship to self-care. And when I say a healthy relationship, I mean like a guilt-free, shame-free it's always incorporated in your life and you're not only whipping it out when you're burned out type of relationship with self-care. So anyone who's ready for that, uh, not just emotionally, but also financially, we can talk through all of those things together. So again, all the links are in my show notes and let's go ahead and get back to the show. All right. So I'm really excited to share this story because I think that it demonstrates the power of these deceptively simple questions. So when I was hosting Rituals That Replenish, which you might have heard of, it's like a, a tinier version of my coaching program, The No Longer Last Journey. And I met with this lovely lady who was going through this weekly wellness check-in with me. I thought her awareness around it was so powerful because she was like, this helped me realize why my self-care hasn't been working. And I was like, can you tell me more about that? And she was like, well, I thought that self-care involved going out, spending money on yourself, and I would keep doing that and I would come home and I would still be irritable and I would still be frustrated. You know, she's a mom, she has two little kids and she would come home just feeling like she just didn't have any extra bandwidth. And I'm going to tell you right now that good self-care makes you feel replenished. It makes you have extra bandwidth um, at the very least, even if it's in a small amount. You shouldn't feel more depleted after your self-care, okay? If you do you're practicing what I call social media self-care. It's self-care that we feel like we should do or that we've been taught to do or modeled to do based on what we see online versus authentic self-care, which is self-care that flows or kind of comes from an awareness of self, an awareness of what you need and how you're really doing. And so she realized when she was doing the how am I doing mentally, emotionally, and physically prompt that she actually needed self-care that let her be alone, 
that let her be a homebody, that let her not have to leave the house. This particular client has a long work commute and she just, and she's an introvert and she peoples all day long and, you know, with little kids at home and I'm working in a workplace, she doesn't work from home the way that I do and I get to be alone most of the time. And she realized that the self-care that actually would replenish her is asking her partner to take the kids and leave the house on a Saturday. And she would stay home and clean the house, blasting her favorite music and just be by herself. She was like, the idea of having a clean home to bask in, of being able to sing my music as loud as I want, of being alone and only needing to focus on myself and just kind of refueling as an introvert. She was like, that sounds so good to me. And I was like, yes, I am so freaking excited about this. That is the power of this prompt. Instead of jumping into, okay, I'm going to do this on the weekend. I'm going to go get my nails done. I think what she shared was that she went and got her nails done and she went to the movies. And she was just like, it just didn't do it for me. And it's just like, that's why I love this process. Because instead of just doing what you see other people doing or doing what you feel like you should do, and then feeling guilty that you spent money and you went out and you and you spent your precious weekend time, which is so limited on stuff that didn't actually fuel you. You instead took the time to be honest with yourself about how you're actually doing and then realize that you're not feeling good because you are introverted and you haven't been refilling that introvert cup, that need to be alone. And when you look at your circumstances and you go, when and where and how in my life can I find the time and the support to be alone? Then that actually resulted in planning a self-care activity that met the real need. And when you meet your true needs and you meet your true desires, you're able to actually feel replenished. So that epiphany that she had, I wanted to take the time to share here because I think that it, you know, I talk a lot about concepts and ideas and frameworks and strategies, but I think we need to hear it in the context of people's lives in order to understand how we might apply it to our own. So I hope that that story could inspire you. I know it did for me because I also am like subject to comparing my life to other people's on the internet and falling into the trap that I feel that I should do what someone else is doing. And I completely ignore the fact that I need to operate through this world in a unique way. We all do. And I think that there's something really beautiful and powerful about being in complete acceptance of what's really going on with you and what you know you really need to feel good. So yeah, I thought that was awesome. So I hope this episode could help you today. That's all I have for you today. The last thing I want to leave you with is this affirmation that I love to repeat to myself whenever I'm feeling guilty about self-care, unworthy or undeserving of self-care. And that affirmation is, you deserve the same love and care you give to everybody else. You deserve the same love and care you give to everybody else. And as a part of this five-part episode series, I will be creating a beautiful graphic with that affirmation that you can download, it's size to be a cell phone background if you want to be reminded of that affirmation on a daily basis. Maybe seeing it will remind you to do the weekly wellness check-in. And as an action item, and yes, I'm giving you a little action item because this series is all about making change. I would love for you to set a date and time 
for you to have a weekly wellness check-in date with yourself with just these prompts, not with all the other stuff yet. We'll, we'll get there one week at a time, but if you could just take 15 minutes, set it in your calendar and ask yourself, how am I doing mentally? How am I doing emotionally? And how am I doing physically? You can answer that question with one word, one word for each line with each for each prompt. You can answer that question with one sentence for each prompt. You can answer that question with one paragraph for each prompt. It doesn't matter. This isn't about perfectionism. This is about taking the time to get to know yourself. And that is a really beautiful start to combating burnout, getting out of the burnout cycle. When we reconnect with how we're doing, then we don't run the risk of looking up at our lives months later when it's like almost too late, like it was for me. And as mothers, we really run that risk because we're so busy paying our bills, managing our homes, taking care of our children. And then the day flies by and then the next day and the next day and the next. And that's why I think we are even more prone to burning out because it is so hard to carve out time to even have breathing room for our own emotions and feelings. Unless we actively carve out that time, I call it ruthlessly making space. <laughs> and I use the word ruthless because sometimes it's what it feels like when I'm trying to carve out space for me. I have to be like, nope, that's not happening. Nope, we're not doing this. I need this time. I'm taking a nap. <laughs> you know, it, I have to be kind of ruthless about it. And I don't feel ashamed because I know that the only person who can take care of my needs is me. My kids need me to do it. My husband needs me to do it. My work needs me to do it. I need me to do it. And I deserve the same love and care as everybody else. And so do you. So I challenge you this week to take action on this, to set 15 minutes in your calendar and ask yourself those three questions. And if you want a little bit of accountability, feel free to email me, mia at miahemstead.com. Let me know if you showed up for your appointment. Let me know how it went for you. I would love to hear and cheer you on. But yeah, that's all I have for you today. I hope I will see you on my newsletter and um, so that you can receive some tips and some awesome affirmations from me. And I will see you in the next episode. Take care. Bye.